Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Welcome to this week's edition of the Geekly Planet, where we talk about all the things that we're geeking out about. We hope that you enjoy this week's episode with your hosts, Pat Aldridge, TJ Tamer, and Trey Pierce. You can keep talking. It's fine. I'm just <laughs> going to cut it at the, at the beginning anyway. <laughs> well, thank you for giving us a heads up. We appreciate that, TJ. Did you just slurp? Never. Ever. That's rude, bro. He is rude. Not slurred. I had to cut off the conversation so that we didn't get sad about the the baker ruining everybody's cookies. <laughs> Mine's not as impressive as TJ's. I've got the grapefruit sparkling water. Ooh. I got the lemon San Pellegrino. Excellent. And I got kidney stone water. <laughs> DJ's drinking somebody's urine sample. It's fine, though. It's no problem. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Just so you know, this is all staying in up from the time <laughs> I opened my bottom of my can. So you might want to just roll. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome into... Um, this week's edition of the Geekly Planet, where we talk about all the things that we are currently geeking out about. We have a philosophy here that says everybody geeks out about something, and because you've turned in, you tuned in, you've decided that you want to hear what we're geeking out about. So here we go. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? We are doing well. At least I am doing well. I am actually doing very well. Considering you just celebrated a birthday. I I realized that I went like full. I I, I have gone skyrocketing directly into full dad. Not just partial dad, full dad. How so? What makes you say that? Because... I I uttered the phrase, best present I could have had was being able to spend a day with my kids. <laughs> See, that's <laughs> just gross, dude. Why would you do? Why would you torture yourself that way? Uh, that's definitely not what I'm going to say on my birthday. <laughs> well, no, because wait till what's nothing to do with you for a couple of years, because he's a teenager. I got. You. Thinks you're dumb. And then you actually get a day where you get to spend a, a day where, like, your teenager and your young one are both happy and having fun, and y'all are all. And it was just a good day. It's good to have a good day. It is. Plus, I ate a metric ton of rotary sushi. So, I saw. I saw the carnage. Yeah, it was uh, it was good. It was a good day, and then I got a twenty-one-year-old bottle of scotch for my birthday. Nice! Wow. Balvin, Balvin, twenty-one-year-old port cask. Mm. That's and gonna... we watched Transformers the movie and Gremlins. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Transformers the movie, the old cartoon one? 1985. Baby! Optimus and Yigatron turns to Galvatron. You got the touch! <laughs> okay. So I, I always remembered you got the touch. I did not remember that when they're on the junk planet, they used Weird Al's Dare to be Stupid. <laughs> Such a classic uh, soundtrack like, to that film. I, I was like, we were watching, I'm like, Oh, this must be the song that Weird Al sampled for Dare to be Stupid because this sounds exactly like it. And it's like, Dare to be Stupid. I'm like, No. What? They used a Weird Al song in a Transformers movie? How do I not remember this? 
That's spectacular. So TJ, before we went on the air, you were um, organizing all of your uh, poker chips that come from golf courses. Like, are are you starting a collection? Is this something new we're geeking out about? Like, talk to me, bro. No, no, it's not something new. I have um, every golf course that I go play. <clears throat> I collect um, poker chips or gol- or ball markers from. And over here to my right, I have 40, give or take. And so they were in a, a golf bag that I got behind me that I'm swapping out uh, and going to use this bag for a while. I just swap golf bags every once in a while. You don't want to wear it out. Well, I have a Wake Forest bag that I got from the actual Wake Forest golf team, um, <clears throat> which is our uh, my mom and dad's alma mater. And it's our favorite uh, college uh, sports, all the sports. And um, so essentially what you're saying is you stole it. No, I asked and they sent it to me. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I asked the coach and they sent it to me brand new one. And so, uh, so I've been using that, but it's like a lightish gray, like a kind of like a charcoal gray. And I don't want it to get super. I mean, it's already, you can see where the strap from the golf cart has kind of rubbed it. So it's a little bit kind of getting a little black line on it. So I don't want it to be completely tore up. And so I'm going to bring that one into the office and take the other golf bag out into the wilderness. Okay. So I need to, but I don't need 50 ball markers in the back. That one stays at the house. All the ball markers stay at the house. I just need like one up out on the course. See, I just realized if, if you ever make it up here, DJ, I will gift you something because I do not play golf. Sure. But I have quite possibly the pimpest golf bag you will ever see. Oh, yeah? It was my grand. And it is a brown gator skin golf bag. Oh, snap. <laughs> That's a joke. Look, I'm all for. Um, like I went, so I coach softball, high school softball, and we have our first game tomorrow and, um, and we're going to get decimated, but that's fine. That's beside the point. Uh, but I told the girls we were passing out uniforms today and they were like, can we do black uniforms or our school colors are Navy and like a gold. Um, uh, and, um, they were like, yeah. And I was like, no, we don't have any money for that. If we do, we got to buy it ourselves. And if we're buying the uniform, we're buying pinstripes. We're not buying black. We're buying pinstripes. And they were like, we ain't good enough to play in pinstripes. And I was like, look now, you don't have to be good, but you can look good being bad. Okay? That's exactly. Look at the Cubs. hey oh, And so. I was going to say look at the Yankees, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Nobody cares about the Yankees. Yeah, we went through a hundred year drought, my man. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so TJ, with these uh, golf club poker chip things, like if listeners have them or can have access to them, do you want them to send them to you? Oh man, I'm all I'm all for it. Like I have some from Augusta. Like these are like little metal ones. I have these are from Augusta. You ain't playing Augusta. <laughs> like that that ain't happening where they play the masters you're not playing that place unless you own and let like there's like a hundred members at that course like the president of coke and stuff like that and so dude, dude you do not know how much pull our listeners have so you just don't don't you know let's put it this way somebody what was going to play was supposed to play on golf twitters they were supposed to play augusta national which is where they hold the masters it's the holy grail of golf courses and they woke up that morning and he's in his 50s woke up that morning with chest pain and so he canceled his round of golf and had to go you know he was fine it was acid reflux but he he said it posed a, a, a metaphysical question what would you do if you were if you were scheduled to play augusta national when you woke up that morning with chest play chest pains and the answer is quite simple. 
I'm going to die at Augusta National. (laughs) Right? But it's going to be awesome while it's happening. (laughs) And so I don't care if I have to get drug around the golf course. I'm playing Augusta National. And so... And then, and then your spouse is going to sue them for everything they're worth for letting you die on their golf course. Nah, she she'd be like, hey, he's and, stupid. And, <laughs> and this might this might be this might be a well known thing just because you're a Southern boy. So I think I know the answer. But would you rather play Augusta or Pebble Beach? Uh, they're both uh, like once in a lifetime. I can pay. I can play Pebble Beach for five hundred dollars, but I can play Pebble Beach. It's open to the public. But that's the once in a lifetime place. Like I can play Pebble Beach, I can play Torrey Pines, I can play TPC Harding Park, I can play TPC Sawgrass, I can play all these courses. But the the only one, not the only one, but if given a choice, I would play Augusta because I don't need to watch my ball sell off into the Pacific Ocean. That is not good for my <laughs> for my <laughs> ego. Such a beautiful view. Of a lost ball. As it goes off to the ocean. But, I mean, I'm not good enough. But the thing about Augusta is it's so crazy in, like, so we went went to um, Quail Hollow, which is in Charlotte. You were just in Charlotte, Pat. I mean, you were in the airport. You were in the airport, but. (laughs) For less time than I thought I would be, so. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't make the trek to. Exactly, uh, (laughs) exactly. To eat by myself in Charlotte. So. (laughs) But anyways, uh, so Quail Hollows in Charlotte, we went to a uh, P, um, a PGA event uh, in May of last year. My brother and, and some friends of ours that play golf. And so we went and, you know, beer is like $12 and sandwich, Chick-fil-A sandwiches are like $8. It's like stadium food, right? Well, you go to Augusta, the beer is $4. A pimento cheese sandwich is like $1.50. Like it's normally priced food. And they keep it that way on purpose. The whole point was being, uh, you know, they don't want to charge people an arm and a leg to have to eat while they're at the golf course. Because they're charging them an arm and a leg just to be members of the club. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But these are just the ones that are open, like to the Masters. Every year we have to put in a lottery. I didn't get in again, but it's fine. I haven't gotten in ever. (laughs) Well, that's not true. A friend of mine got in, and I was actually set to go – I was we we had he had tickets to the practice round, uh, but my dad passed away a week and a half before the Masters three years ago. So I was you know over there doing that. So another guy went in my place, and I was like, I hate you. He brought me some stuff back, which is where I got the ball markers from. But there uh, you go. That's when yeah. you're like, Dad, would you like to be scattered at Augusta? That's exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, my dad did not. My dad, my dad got off one time in his whole life, and it's because I made him. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, so but Augusta, like this, like you have to have a they, they, you you have a caddy from there that goes around with you, and it's the kind of place where there's not a ton of people out there because nobody can play it. And like if you hit a bad shot, the caddy will be like, "Drop another one. We gonna stay here till you hit." you know, the shot you want to hit. And I was like, buddy, we'll be here all day <laughs> at this one spot. <laughs> but, you know. We will anyways. not move. Yeah. So, I, you know, I like to – it just reminds me of all the different places I've been. But, uh, you know, I do want to play Pebble Beach. That would be dope. That's super cool. Like the whole course runs the ocean. So it's just, you know, gorgeous. Just bring a lot of balls. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and then eventually you just give up and just walk around the golf course. <laughs> when you run out, you know, we're done playing golf today, but we're just going to ride around and drink beer. Here we go, <laughs> y'all can play golf. I'm going to be done. <laughs> yeah. So they have a uh, they have a ten ball limit, and I finished that on the second hole. So that's right. So the rest of the day, I'm driving you around and drinking beer. So <laughs> here we go. Right, we're going to stay on this side of the cliff, though. Before I drive this golf cart into the ocean. Depends on how much beer I have. You might end up on that side of the cliff. I don't know. Enter at your own risk. Uh, Yeah. So, you know. But, yeah. So, that's what I was doing. I was moving all. That's the only stuff that was in that bag. Because all the rest of the stuff is in my actual golf bag. So, I got to swap that stuff over. Put this stuff in, you know. Whatever, whatever. But, listeners, if you have access to those 
ball markers or poker chips, TJ would love to get some. So absolutely. Yep. 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 Municipal golf course. I got you. I got you covered. Hey, bud. I play a, a, a the golf course I play at is on the regular is twenty dollars. That is it, and it is uh, it's hard. I mean, it's a hard layout, but it is not the nicest course in the county by far. But I, I see what you, I play. The one I the one I play is about that rate too, and I mean, the eighteenth hole with the clown face that is tough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the, the wind the, the windmills on on. Clown face, that's rough. Mm, it hurts. Mm, 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 mm. I yeah. hear you. I hey hear man, you. I'm a poor man's golfer. I ain't out here living living large, man. I'm playing the muni courses. You play the city courses with the the ghetto and the and the raccoons running across the court. No, that's across the grass. That's fine with me. That's a hole in one, sir. That's a hubcap. I don't that ain't the hole. <laughs> <laughs> it is today. <laughs> so. Uh, okay, gents, we should probably get to business before we get a phone call from Aaron about how much time we've wasted. Kidder. Uh, at least he cares and he's listening. That's true. That's at least true. he listens. At least, unlike, you know, certain former founders, he listens to <laughs> Right, right. How do you go? He gonna text us and be like, "Why is nobody saying we should watch Peacemaker?" But we've been saying watch Peacemaker for the last seven weeks. Because yeah. we speaking really of want you to taste it. Speaking of Peacemaker, it wrapped its first season up, and I gotta say, t- thank you for doing the dance, TJ. We appreciate you, bro. Well, look, I saw James Gunn's tweet with the moves, so you can practice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, uh, Trey, you, you sent out the text early. Um, I think you watched it. You probably watched it first and your, your text said something to the effect of this is the way you do fan service. You do fan service. So talk to us about, uh, your impressions of that episode. Disney, when they do the fan service, they just load it in there. It's like, you know what we need? Luke Skywalker for like a thing. I mean, first of all, it was probably the one of the better season finale TV shows I've ever seen. It was just epic and fantastic and wrapped everything up exactly the way it needed to. Good about it. And then super violent, super violent, super like. Like there was no reason for Economist to break his leg, but he did, and it was great because he's dragging himself across the field. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you you got your existential crisis. At this point, he's not even peacemaker. He's Chris Smith because he became human. You know, does he does he do exactly what he says he he's good? Is he willing to do whatever it takes to bring peace? And spoiler alert, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And who all just got shot horribly <laughs> upstairs. <laughs> and then when it's all done and he makes it back up after having killed the giant one-toothed space cow, lapsed the, the bar down on top of him, and he's picked up his friends and they're walking you know, beat the hell across the farm. Then the Justice League shows up, which <laughs> curses him out. It's like, you're late, you, you know, da, 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 going off again about how uh, Aquaman likes to uh, have relations, knowledge with fish. <laughs> and, you know, get they, intimate, uh, maybe, is the there Justice, another way to put it? Yes. Shadows, you're like, oh, okay, it's cool, da, da, da. but then all of a sudden, as they walk past, it is Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller, and he's like, yeah, I'm really impressive. sick of that rumor. He's like, I'm really sick of that rumor. And then it's the Flash, but it's not a rumor. And then, <laughs> but the words "f you, Barry" comes out of Jason Momoa's mouth, and that's kind of the. I mean, that that's just how it goes. So if you're going to do fan service. 
they are completely ineffectual. They do nothing in the in the episode. They have impact on anything. But and the fun thing that I saw that James Gunn say is I guess um there was like a, a quid pro quo. So the the Peacemaker team shot and I can't think of his last name, but uh, I think it'd be something. They shot his screen test for Guardians Three, so he's going to be in Guardians Three. Who? The guy that played Mern. Oh, okay. Um. So the 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 team screen film team shot his screen test for Guardians Three. Well, then the Guardians Three film crew shot Ezra Miller. Doing his so Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa were not on set at the same time, and that's mean. Um, and when they walk past, like, uh, like when they walk past Aquaman and he's in the shadows, you could tell that is not Jason Momoa. But then they got him to do the, the thing. But that that is how you do the the uh, the fan service. I felt I felt Peacemaker was far far better. Than um, Mandalorian was this season. You mean the book of Boba? Mandalorian two point five. Yes, what I said. Um, yeah, I agree. It was really good. Um, it's funny. Did y'all see? Like, so the guy that 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 was the body double for Superman, you know, put himself out there on Insta talking about you know, of him in the suit and wanting to play Superman. I was like, yeah, nah, guy, sorry. It's not you. I mean, like, I appreciate that you can stand there, but nah. And so, you know, I mean, I didn't even recognize that dude. So I don't know if he's been in anything at all, but you ain't taking on the reins of soups. That's not how this is working. (laughs) Right. If anything, they ought to come to their senses and give it back to Henry Cavill and let him actually do something with it. Yeah. But maybe like the local, maybe the local, you know, stage production of Superman. But <laughs> on the screen, no, 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 sir. I saw the same thing with like the girl that was Wonder Woman. You know, she she got to wear the actual. She actually got to wear the uniform, and she was like, "It's been so hard, like having this picture and not being able to show anybody this picture for like five months." Yeah, I, I, that could be difficult. So either one of them could be in the musical, though, like the Hawkeye Avengers. Oh, hundred percent, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, down yeah. with that. Oh yeah, I could do this all day. Yeah, Justice League musical, and they can throw Ant Man in there because apparently they just put him in whatever battle they want to. So, uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, um, I I thoroughly enjoyed pretty much every episode of of peacemaker and trey i agree with you that they wrapped it up the way they needed to so it is going to be interesting to see you know season two yes yeah so james gunn is doing uh guardians three and then he's going back to dc to keep doing peacemaker and I think they also put him on other spinoffs from Peacemaker or from Suicide Squad. Yeah, I mean, that, and I think, like I said, he said he really wants to do a Sinister Six. I mean, James Gunn can do whatever James Gunn wants to do, in my opinion. Just let that man have it. Not everything, obviously. There's some things that are totally tailored to his style. Yes, for sure. He can keep making like, Suicide I don't, I don't Squad think movies. He, yeah. I don't think James Gunn could do a Batman movie. No. But, you know, I think James Gunn could kill. I think Flash is suited for James Gunn. Because he's got that quirky. Yeah, it depends on what kind of, depends on what Flash story they're telling. But yeah, he could for sure. For sure. He couldn't do a Superman movie. That's not, that's not his bag. But I don't know. We've already made Superman a, like a, a whiny little emo girl. We could we could make him. It was not. It's not James Gunn's. He could line. do. He could do like a Justice League Dark. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can actually see a constant theme with James Gunn. That would be. I can see yeah. that. 
Yeah. Yeah, I could get down with that. Um, <clears throat> and speaking of the Batman, uh, it comes out in four days. Tom and yeah, I was I've already said, I, like, yeah, there is like one I want to see that I'm going to pay money for and one I don't want to see, but I'm still going to have to pay money for it for, because of you. And I love you, the listener. I will pay money to go see a movie that I just have no interest in. Man, but I do want to see Uncharted as well. So Tom dragged me to that, and that was much better. I had no concept of what the movie was, besides it was based on a video game. It was a fun little movie. Just, it was. The, the best way to put it is it's it's like uh, a young, cooler Indiana Jones. And that's pretty much how he sold us on it. And both Cheryl and I enjoyed it. So, but yeah, Tom's excited about Batman wants to go see it. So he has a half day on Thursday and has Friday off. So we'll go Thursday night. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, it's getting really, really good reviews. Seen mixed. I've seen people say that like it's it's visually very cool, but the story is very jumbled. Okay, I mean, there's I mean, I'd, I'd have to wait and see. Everything I've seen looks dope, and I've heard that what is it? Whatever his the actor's name is that plays Batman does a phenomenal job. So Cedric Diggory. Yep. Speaking of Sacred Diggory, did you watch the uh <laughs> did you watch the latest Secrets of Dumbledore trailer? Yes. I mean, I'm here for it. I I think it looks dope. I I was begging, please. Like I saw it was it was somebody put on there and they were like uh from the movie franchise that fails so hard out of the gate they're trying to remind you everything to do with hogwarts i'm like that's fine you can do i forget that i hate i didn't the only reason i'm sticking with the fantastic beast is the the fight coming between between dumbledore and grindelwald that's all i'm looking forward to i i was i, I hated but, you were going to take me they, five movies to get there i don't think they're going to do the fight between dumbledore and grindelwald they have to that's where that ends but Johnny Depp, who, who's playing Grindelwald now? Because Johnny Depp's gone. Mads Mickelson. Oh, is it Mads Mickelson? Because I saw yeah. it looked like uh, the Flash was still in it again. He is pushing yeah, Dumbledore, and then Dumbledore. Yeah, no, Mads took over as as Grindelwald, and they just are right. just recasting him, which is fine. I mean, just don't, don't, with. and I love me some Mads Mickelson. Don't get me wrong, Mads Mickelson is a badass. Yeah, he was probably a better choice than Johnny Depp anyway. Even though, to be fair, Johnny Depp does play weirdos really well. <laughs> they should have just brought they should have just brought it's Colin not acting Farrell for back. him though, so there's that. Yeah. Bro, like I said, was because what Colin Farrell? Because Colin Farrell was the police officer that actually Grindelwald was masquerading as. Yeah, they should have just. And yeah, then, I mean, if they wanted to to do that, then they should have just made him keep his Colin Farrell form, which is fine because Colin Farrell, I thought, did a good job in that. So, I could have been behind that as well. But now we understand that like Dumbledore doesn't really ever actually fight anybody. Well, he about to. He fights Grindelwald. No, nah, that's how he gets the Newt Elder Wand. <laughs> he goes send Newt to do it. My favorite part of this, the only thing I'm looking forward to, is I don't remember his name, but they gave my man a wand, and I'm here for it. They gave the muggle a wand, and I am here for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's going to be great. He so, said, are you enjoying it? And he asked if he could keep it. 100%. You give me a magic wand, I'm going to start slinging that thing around and see what happens. So there was an interesting, now we're on Harry Potter, so I'm going to bring this one up. There was an interesting right, thing I saw that was talking about is the strongest wizard in the Harry Potter world. And the answer that this person came up with was very surprising, but they made a compelling argument. Who was it? So who would you say? I mean, most people are going to say, like, Dumbledore. 
Who would you say, TJ? The strongest? Yes. Severus Snape. Severus Snape? Hagrid. Because they made a point that, so when, how much trouble did he have actually using it properly? And Hagrid has a broken wand in his umbrella. Then they also made a point that casting spells without a verbal component takes a knack that most people can never achieve. And that's all Hagrid does. Is just use a broken wand to cast nonverbal spells effectively. I mean, I can dig it. And he didn't even graduate Hogwarts. I said Snape, even though it probably is Dumbledore, to be honest. I mean, just whatever. But it's kind of like Gandalf. We never actually get to see his full potential. Like we just like think about it in the mo- in the books. Uh, Gandalf is so much more than a nightlight. Like all he does in the movies is cast his light spell in the dark. And every once in a while, he'll make his light come and knock some boulders down while the dwarves are running through the mines. But he fought, he fought Saruman. I'm sure he did. They just kind of force pushed each other around for a while. But the, I mean, and so, and then he fought, you know, he did his light bright to get rid of the Nazgul. But in the books, your boy is stout. So same thing is true again of uh, Dumbledore. Like we never get. Um, that's why I'm really hoping that these last movies, like, let him like haul off and actually use some magic instead of just kind of manipulating things. I don't want. I don't want to see you manipulate things, dude. I want you to straight up just rock this dude's world with some magic. Which movies? Oh, the, the, the Fantastic Beast, like the leading I up. You're to talking, the, like, I thought you were I'm like, there's more Lord of the Rings movies coming. I knew no, 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 sorry. Switching about, back sir. to Dumbledore. You're scaring. You, you messed up. <clears throat> so, but you know, like they're considered powerful, we actually get to see them at their full potential, which is disappointing. So, so who would win between the two of them? Oh, Gandalf a thousand percent would murder Dumbledore. Well, it, it's it's not even fair because Gandalf isn't a wizard per se. I know he's he is a, he's an eldritch being that just happens to be on Earth. Yeah, he's There's, basically you know, an angel. I mean, him, so him just... the, him, yeah, him and the Balrog are basically the same thing. They just took different forms. So, I mean, yeah. At and least just, we all agree on that. He just died and then shrugged it off. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> he was like, nah. <laughs> After he battled a demon of fire and shadow. So should we talk There's discovery no getting off. through the galactic barrier? Yeah, before we do that, I'm actually I gotta go back and watch seasons one and two again because that's where I am in my walk in my watch through. I made it through Enterprise and my assessment of Enterprise for those, because, you know, it came out 20 years ago. So, and I can't, I was trying to remember, and I don't remember if I've watched it in the last 20 years. I've probably seen episodes, but I don't remember watching it all the way through. If I have, maybe once, it's been at least a decade. So, um, in the NX-01 Starship is dope looking. Like, you know, it, it kind of it sucks when you make a show after you make a prequel show way after the original series because <laughs> you make the Starship look cooler than it does in the original series. Right. Starship in the original series is like a pizza cutter. And so. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what the, that's what happened is in Star Wars. It's like you got all these weird things. And then like in the prequels, all the ships look shiny and sleek and more, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, so you can let it be what it is, but, you know, so anyways, the NX-01 is a dope-looking starship. Um, There's some really, really cool episodes, like, um, and I talked to Pat about one of them, like the Borg episode. Man, the Borg is always fun when the Borg show up, 
And I love it in the prequel. I just made me chuckle so hard because they don't know anything about the Borg. And they're like, no, nah, it's probably fine. And I'm like, yeah, it's not fine. You should definitely <laughs> not mess with them. <laughs> oh, you messed with them? Cool. You're dead. And so, and just watch how the Borg took this like uh, space frigate like freighter and just like kept modifying it to make it like this freaking awesome, really fast ship while they were getting outgunned. Anyways. So, you know, there was stuff so like that. I got a question then. Cause All I haven't, right. I haven't, I've, I never really watched enterprise through the full. So I need to. So how did they swing it to make it make sense that when in TNG, they encountered the Borg, like they had never encountered them, seen them. How did they swing that? So the way that it happened is they found some Borg frozen in uh what movie is it? Is it first no. What movie did they fight the Borg? First contact. Is it first contact when they Hell go yeah. back in time? Yeah, yeah. So anyways, in the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they find the Borg uh, in the Antarctic, in the Arctic Circle that um have crashed. And they dug them up. The Borg escaped because these are basically the Borg that went back in time, crash landed, froze. The nanites or the whatever basically kept them alive, but in stasis. The Starfleet team found them, dug them up. They watched the nanites start to repair the machinery. And then all of a sudden they came back to life. They assimilated a bunch of humans and took uh like a space frigate and uh enterprise tracks them down they get in a battle they track them down again and right before so they end up blowing everybody up killing all the the borg drones but they sent a message to the delta quadrant which is what triggers the events of the borg coming this way anyway So you're saying that the Borg were on the way when Q introduced them in yeah, TNG. Yeah, hundred percent. Because they said it would take like <clears throat> they said they sent this they 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 sent a beam or they sent a frequent or a, they sent a message or whatever to somewhere in the Delta Quadrant, and they said that it was I don't remember how many light years away, but that it would take you know twenty years for it to reach them or whatever. But wouldn't they have documented that, hey, we ran into these freaking guys that could do this? And- no, because basically um, they 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 did to the point where – but they didn't know anything about them. And the people that were researching the Borg were immediately assimilated. And so as far as Archer and anybody knew, they didn't know anything about them <clears throat> other than that they were mostly machinery – and they assimilate. They didn't know, you know, they didn't use the word assimilate. I mean, the Borg did. The Borg said, uh, the Borg basically did their little hive mind and said, prepare to assimilate uh, resistance and futile. futile. And so, and it's funny because they actually they tried to assimilate Doctor Flox, the Denobulan. Um, but his genome or whatever slowed it down enough, and then he slowed them down enough to basically nuke the nanites inside of him. But anyways, point being, they had really cool episodes like that, which were kind of, you know, whatever. They did the the temporal Cold War, which was which was it drug on, and then they they it would just come in every, every once in a while, and so it's just kind of like whatever. Um, I was cool with the Zindi season-long arc that the Zindis were going to destroy Earth. Like, I was fine with that. A lot of people weren't. It was after that that it just felt weird in season four. Like, obviously, ratings were declining, and so they didn't get renewed. But um, the the end of that storyline was all season three. And then the first two episodes of season four. And so then they, you know, correct everything, fixed it or whatever, whatever. But then you had 20 episodes left in season four and it was back to kind of just random episodes here and random episodes there. So after you had just watched this whole thing, now you just watched all this disjointed stuff where I can see where people were like, 
nah, this isn't great. You know, you had some pretty decent episodes in four, but you know, I, I we already talked about on the show a few weeks ago. We talked about what would have happened if they'd given them a season five, and I think that they would have uh, righted the ship a little bit. But you know, it's fine. It's still not as bad as people say. If you like Star Trek, it's just, you know, just like in everything, there's some things that are really cool, just like in Clone Wars. Like there's some storylines that are super dope, and I watch those storylines. They're really cool. The rest of them can just, eh, whatever, skip. So anyways, but now I got to go back to Discovery 1 and 2 and then watch a couple movies before I jump into the original. I don't watch a couple movies first, do I? I don't think so. No, I watched Discovery 1 and 2, the original series, Next Generation, then a couple movies. Yeah. So, anyways, just plugging my way through, but I'm... Still working on it. Yeah, I've already watched Discovery 1 and 2 recently, so... Thank you for the update on the Star Trek adventure that you're on. Yep, it does remind me, though, I I do love Star Trek. Star Trek is just good. Good to me. And Picard starting this week, but we'll yes. talk about that in a minute. Freaking episodic. New episodes on Thursday. Crap. I can't just binge it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I guess that'll give me time. I guess this this weekend uh, to catch up. I, I watched the first season. I'm just like, I just I can't do this. So I'll do it because, again, I love you people. But I hate Trey, you're it. such a giver. I am. Even if you're I, the it, most wrongest person about this, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and I, I get. I'm gonna just say I'm a fanboy. I am blind to Star to Star Trek. I will say it's good, even if it's not. And there's nothing you can do to change my mind. So I'm gonna enjoy it, regardless. And, and, and see, <laughs> I had this crazy. I had this crazy thing where I can I can look at something and go. Man, I, I really love the source material, but this is crap. Much like yeah. I did when I went to see episode one of Star Wars. I'm so excited. I went to see episode one. I'm like, what did I just watch? Mm. It got better over time just because we cared less. <laughs> see, we were, hey, I cared less and it didn't get any better. Well, we just we appreciate pieces of it and then let it be. But me, like I said, I, I don't know about y'all. Pat may be this way. I'm blind to Star Trek. I will say it's good, even if everybody hates it. I do not care. Like, it just hits a spot in my brain that is just like, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is what home feels like. That probably has a lot to do with your dad, though, getting you into it, right? It does. It 100% does. Okay. There's no shame in that. There's 100%. And I'm going to enjoy what I enjoy. And we're going to watch Patrick Stewart's last two hoorahs because they're already filming season three, knowing it's going to be the last, which is cool. I'm down. I love when stuff is already going to end because I feel like you'll give me a better story. Season three or season four? Because isn't this season three coming out now? This is two. Starting this week. I did the first couple episodes and we're like, I can't do this. So. Their season, they're finishing season three. They're or they're already producing. They're already shooting season three. Okay. Knowing full well that this was the end, because you know Patrick Stewart is like ninety. The only thing I, the only thing I ask for season two or season three, I don't care which one, just because I know that they they have no problem with just putting digging stuff up and putting stuff there that doesn't matter, just to bring. Can can we get Ian McKellen to just make a guest star appearance for no reason other than to see him and Patrick Stewart on the screen together? <laughs> just to make us all happy. <laughs> this is nice. Yeah. That would be fan service. That would definitely be fan service. Because those, those two together are just hilarious. Did we lose Trey? So, no, no. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, no, I, I'm here for it. I like this. I like that they're bringing Q back and doing some timey-wimey stuff. I'm here for the timey-wimeys. Is it wibbly-wobbly? It is always. And so, you know, like in season four of Enterprise, they brought Brent Spiner back. He wasn't Data. He was somebody else. But it was like, oh, this is this is, this is is Star Trek. <laughs> well, was he the guy who created Data? Um, He was not the guy that created Data. He was the 
precursor to that guy. He was dealing with genetic enhancements and then shifted at the end of his arc to basically say, I have, I'm thinking about uh, cybernetics. And then it kind of alludes that it's going to take a few decades, but that androids are. So he was kind of the precursor to Data. Well, right, but I know Data was built to look like his creator. Data and Lore were both built to look like the guy that built them. Right. Maybe right. this, uh, I don't know. So, anyways, Star Trek is cool. Discovery. TJ, what'd you think of the latest episode? You know, Discovery for me is kind of like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. In that, I think it's gotten better the further it's gone. And now, that's not to say that it's peaking. I think it's already peaked. I think we might be on a slight decline. But I... Man, if I have to listen to Burnham and Book one more time, go through that whole... Yeah, I know. That that gets repetitive and redundant. We have and to make a choice. Are you willing to give me up? Are you going to give me up? I don't know. I love you, but I hate you, and I can't. I can't choose what you choose. <sighs> yeah. But anyways, but also, you know, I'm not a good person to uh, to do this with because I just like I just I don't have a problem setting aside what Trey cannot. It's, like it's, I can just set it aside, and I'm just like, all right, tell me a story. It's cool. Yeah, your story sucked, but it was all right. It's fine. Like I'm not going. There's only been like two things in this entire lifetime that I've ever just turned off and walked out of because they were so awful. And those two things are. I have no idea. I I I, I put blocks up block so I wouldn't up. have to remember those things. <laughs> <laughs> It was some movie. It was a couple movies that were just so over the top political garbage that I was like, "All right, I'm out." Not political movies. Like if you know that's what you're doing, then that's what you're doing. You go, in, but it was like it was movies where they were trying to make cultural commentary to the point where it overshadowed the story. And I was like, "I hate everything about what's happening right here. I'm leaving." So. Yeah, like I said, I've got levels of of like what I what I can deal with movies because like there's there are there are sh- movies and shows that are just intentionally bad. They mean for themselves to not be. They they own it. They know it, and I can respect that and enjoy them for what they are. It's when a, a show or, or that wants me to take it seriously and power to prevent me from taking it seriously. That's what that's the problem when I have problems. You're saying Discovery does that or just shows in general? I'm saying Discovery is one of those shows, but that's that's why it's, there's it's not there's, that there's, bad. <laughs> Pat, I, I, I where are you in this? <laughs> the, do you do you or do you not agree that Discovery could probably have been f- a full five episodes fewer than it is, and still have told everything it needed to tell? You talking about this season? Yeah, probably. Yeah, there it's it's not being uh paced is paced the right word? Written well. And then the stuff that they're adding in there is just like it's it's in there. Um Pat, but like Pat, what do you think? So <clears throat> I'm enjoying this season. I'm enjoying the fact that they put the futuristic ship way into the future. I mean, Discovery is unlike any other um, 
with the spore drive, it's like any other, it, it's like no other starship that Star Trek has introduced. And it, it didn't make sense for it to be in the past. It makes sense for it to be in the future. Um, and, you know, with, with Burnham and Booker, like, you know, that story has run it, that, that storyline has kind of run its course for me. Um, I don't care anymore. What happens to book? You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't. no doubt, no um, doubt. <laughs> but I am enjoying the story and the fact that they got to, you know, through the galactic barrier in this past episode, and now are in uncharted, unknown. You know, I think that's a really interesting way to to move to expand the Star Trek universe. So. Star Trek is always at its best when it is exploring and it is yeah. coming into the unknown and how do we handle the unknown and what do we find? And that's when Star Trek is at its best. But what about when it like completely contradicts itself and, and it introduces something and then goes, Oh, ha Now we're going to make it work some completely different way because we need it to for this episode. Like what? When they first spore drive jumped into where the DMA came from and they jumped into that, to the, to the bubble. And there was like this bubble that kept eating the ship away. And they were like, Oh my gosh, how are we going to get out of it? Then when they get there again, all of a sudden there's these space bubbles that they can jump in between and they can detect even when they're in that area. Why couldn't they detect those space bubbles the last time? Where were those space bubbles before? What's happening? Why make it different? Because we needed to. Well, yeah. I mean, don't you know how space bubbles work? (laughs) (laughs) They they come and go as they please. And sometimes you find out about them and you find out later when it just happened to be necessary. They didn't know what they were going to find. So, you know. I, I think that there was there's I think TJ is right about the exploration part of it. They got in there not knowing what they would find. And now they knew what to go in there looking for. They, you know, knew what to expect or knew how they to didn't know what they were looking, showed up and they turned on their scanners and like, oh, look, now there's these bubbles and some of them, some of them aren't suitable because they just appear and collapse. But then some of these show up and they're better so we can ride these bubbles it wasn't that they changed anything they were looking for they just they were able to detect them it's it's makes sense to me space is weird (sighs) trade is not like that answer and tj's laughing although tj put your headphones down again because you were i was getting some definite like well, you get some Jordy LaForge. LaForge. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little Jordy LaForge uh, vibes there. That was good, dude. Uh, yeah. Like good said, stuff it's, just, it's one of those where I, I, get, I get what they're doing. I get where they're going. But, like, the, the, the big discovery is the fact that Burnham spends half of her time talking about how they are Starfleet and can and must uphold these ideals and the other half of the time killing everything in sight. So with humans, man, we're enigmas. Did you ever watch Star Trek? I did. Why did nobody tell, can pin us down, my guy. Tell, tell me one time that, 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 that Picard was just like, you know what? Let's just blow up that planet. Cause we need to. First off, Sir Patrick would never. I don't care I'm just what saying. his character is. He's too civilized for yeah. you. Give, give me a time when Kirk said, let's blow up this planet because. Kirk didn't want to blow stuff up, but he would fight or screw everything. <laughs> well, yes, he, he, he was a lover and a fighter. But Plus, did you see their pizza cutter? What are they going to blow up? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just you can't you can't you can't be all like this is my ideal and I am full Starfleet and you can't expect me book to give up my ideals even though it was on several occasions you can't expect me to do that for you <sighs> whatever dude that's human that's human nature 101 man 
we are we are fickle and we are fickle and wishy-washy as everything we we spend on the the whole point of star trek always has and always will be that we became better than that but did we though but that was the whole point that was the whole point of beyond that yeah, but we didn't ever get we you can't get beyond human nature. While we might have stopped fighting each other and doing wars, the instinct, the Vulcan I mean, even in the episode that I just watched of Enterprise last week, uh, where um they're on Vulcan and the Vulcans don't want to help the humans because the human they see themselves pre logic when they were just at war with each other and all this different other stuff, like they understand like humans are unpredictable. And then there was another thing where they were, these, these aliens were watching the humans interact with this virus and they, they watched a ton of species do it and they predicted how everything was going to happen, but the humans didn't act in a way that was always rational or even consistent. I mean, that's human nature, man. Star Trek. Enterprise like, was Enterprise like pre-Federation? Yeah. Or just the beginning of the Federation? I mean, Captain Archer uh, was one of the charter members of the Federation. Right. So that's what I'm saying, though. But, but that was the whole thing. And you know I'm right. You just don't want You're to be because like you said, like you said, you got blinders to Star Trek. Pat, tell me that I'm not wrong in the wishy-washiness of human nature. Human nature, yes, but as depicted in the way Roddenberry originally intended Star Trek, he intended them to be better. Well, he gone. He had he had a black woman kissing a white man in the time where the TVs were like, "You bet not." Nah, I about caught a cramp. <laughs> <laughs> It's all the middle that brain muscle. <laughs> Pat, say words. You know I'm right. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I think that it Star Trek does a good job with dealing with human nature. Kind of like TJ saying, you know, there's there's an unpredictability to it. I mean, even in even in our lives, there are things that I know. I shouldn't do, but I do anyway. Or know that I should do and then don't. So but teach about how could you expect me to do this thing that you've seen me do on the regular? Yeah, that's how could you stupid. how could you expect that out of me? Yeah, no, I'm not down with them at beating that dead horse, but I'm saying the the doing things that are contradictory, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm I'm the that I don't like that interaction is stupid. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not just the Burnham's like, I'm Starfleet and I'm going to do this stupid thing. It's I'm Starfleet. I'm going to do this thing. And maybe when you ask me to do that thing again for you. Yeah. That annoys me. I got you. But I'm here for unexplored space. Super here for it. Unexplored space. And the whole thing with the, what is it, the whatever 10, 10C or whatever, you know, I'm cool with that. Um, I want it to be like, like I said, I, I wanted it to be, it would be awesome. Um, but I'm sure it's going to be something that we know of. It's going to be some kind of fan service thing because they're just not that creative. I think right the, the best thing that they did was jump to the future. Agreed. I think we can all agree on that. I can agree. Like even if they had like stayed in that alternate reality, fine that would have been too. fine too. That would have been fine too. too. Take it out. Take it out of the normal timeline. That makes perfect sense. That's good. So bring it bring it out of the you know the other onto the future. That's that's fine. That's it's fine. It's fine far enough that because when you do a prequel the problem is just like we're seeing in star star trek i mean star wars when you start jamming stuff in an already set timeline your stuff is not going to be as good because you you you've already set rules and precedents 
like go far enough in the past or the future where you can do whatever you want to do and it not affect what's already been established. So I think that was a, that was a, a, that's what I meant. Like I said, I'm interested to see, I I mean, I'll see what they, they did, how, how, how they, in this, how they wrap this up, what they make the 10 C into being will determine if I'm just like rage quitting reasons <laughs> or if I'm like, all right, I, I'll, I'll watch the next episode. I'll watch next season just to see. But like, seriously, if the, if it comes back and it's like the 10 C is just like, you know, earth, like an alternate reality and Georgia's back. No, no. I'll just be like, mm, I hate you're tapping you. out at that point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just I'm. I'm. Just tell good stories. That's what I'm here for. Just tell a good story. And let's kill Book off just because he's just cause we're done with him. <laughs> but at least give me. At least tell me how he got the. They they teased so many times. Why did he pick Cleveland Booker? It was his mentor. It was something. Give me that story. You've given me so many stories I don't care about. Give me that. Next episode, Data shows up and shoots him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) And Star Trek rejoiced. (laughs) He can shoot that other scientist in the face. God, that guy annoys me. Mm, Can we say this, though? Mm. Man... It's not in our lifetime, and it may never, ever be. Like, science may make it actually impossible, but I want starships to be a thing so bad. <laughs> Amen to that. Like, can, hyperspace will drive. I don't care. <laughs> can we also appreciate that they, I forget her name, but they killed off robot crew member lady. Right? Oh, back in season two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And they replace her with new crew member lady played by the actress that played just in human form. Which is good stuff. Yeah. Because just because she was like, I don't want to dress up in this crap anymore. Yeah. That's called two birds, one stone. (laughs) But then they like, all of a sudden they were like, Oh, this person was like the most important person in our lives, even though we barely addressed her or made any mention of her until like the episode before this. <laughs> that's the that's way how, it works sometimes. That's called, hey, we're about to do something. We need to justify. So let's throw a bunch yeah. of exposition. Oh, yeah. But, 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 oh, see. Oh, God. That, that, that's <laughs> called anime 101. Oh, look, yeah. let's give this whole character. Their, their episode and talk about their hopes and their dreams and what they want to be when they grow just slaughter them at the end of the episode. That's a hundred percent. Every time that we're watching something and then they'd start expositioned up and on this one person, I'm like, Oh, he about to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I kind of liked him too. Cause they're like, you know what I'm going to do when I get home, I'm going to get married. Let me tell you about my life. Oh, son. Don't no, just, just don't. Please don't. don't. You got a red shirt on. You ain't gonna make it. So. <laughs> <laughs> red shirt, red shirt, brown pants. You, <laughs> you out. You Gosh. Uh, well, gentlemen, we have uh, made it to the end of another episode, and uh, as usual, we've <laughs> wandered here and there. You know, not all who wander are lost. I've heard that. You should write that we, down, we, dude. But, we, but I think we were. I think we were a little lost. <laughs> so uh, we're more lost now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, to I quote think, the same uh, person, I, I have no memory of this place. <laughs> of, course, of course I know it. He is me. Um, <laughs> um, but we, we got like an hour and 20 on this one. I'm ex- I'm expecting to see like KJ's got you know forty minutes. I got forty minutes, and Pat's got five. That's how yeah, that's pretty much the way these episodes now. go. That's how it went every episode. Like la- that's a legit how it was last time. It was like <laughs> TJ thirty nine, Trey twenty seven, Pat seven. 
So I think I think next episode we just let we just we pick something that Pat wants to talk about and just let Pat go for it. You know, yeah, we're gonna let him get some minutes up. I'm just we're just not gonna Pat, you gotta carry it next week. Okay. Yeah. I'll see and what I can do. Yeah, TJ and I are gonna be holding our tongues, gonna be like, but I got something to say, but I'm not gonna <laughs> But I'm not yeah. <laughs> Trey, that face you just made. Yeah, looked like you were trying really hard not to crap yourself. <laughs> no, that that's why I've got a really, I've, I've got one that's trying to that won't come out, and I really need. It. <laughs> that's what that one is. Uh, okay, we've now had too much information from Trey. Awesome, uh, you brought it up, but you took it deep, dude. Have, have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> It's Trey like, ain't scared. There's a line. It's like there's a line, and you over and you go, "Hey, that's nice," and I'm just like Leroy Jenkins, <laughs> and just go right over the line. Put it down. Create a new line. Put it down. Set phasers to fun. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of this phaser. Did you hear that the crew was shocked that they were making up for it? <laughs> Which huh? means Paramount's going to have to pay them bank to get them to actually yeah, do it. Because Chris Pine's going to be like, say what now? What? What? Oh. You need me to do that? Okay, it's going to go. Oh. Anyway, gents, it's been another fun episode, but we got to get out of here. Um, so, as usual, you can hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can email us if you want to, which is weird, but nobody does. So I say it every week, but you know, we might get a text from Aaron. Josh might peep up, but I doubt it. And if anybody's going to back me up, it's going to be Aaron. It's okay. Not, you're wrong. Okay. Anyway, gents, stay geeky, my friends. Embrace your inner geek. Bye. I should have stayed here long and prosper. You should have. Dang it. Dang it. (laughs) Anyway, we're out of here. We will see you later.